We have been rightfully focused on environmental climate change for a good long time now, maybe even dating back to Rachel Carson's alarm in Silent Spring, 1962. But there's another cataclysm that may be even more immediate in the new climate change. We have had more than our share of things to unsettle us over recent months. The continuing ravages of meteorological climate change, most recently manifest in Hurricane Ian, lingering assaults from COVID, Putin's war against Ukraine and the world, and an inscrutable economic landscape that seems to have confounded just about everyone. We could use a little of Alfred E. Newman's Mad Magazine, philosophy right about now. What, me worry? The reality is that we are troubled, and for good reasons. Any one of the matters referenced above should be enough to make any one of us swallow hard. Taken together, they're enough to make us want to curl up with a comfort blanket and start sucking a thumb. Yet the most dangerous peril facing us at this very moment is not to be found in a shrinking retirement account or Russian assault. If you are a believer in the Constitution of the United States and the basic tenets of democracy upon which it was written, your greatest threat is to be found in the election of November 8th, 2022. I know very well that political candidates and pundits, neither of which groups I am a member, make the claim during almost every election that this is likely the most important election in recent history. The claim brings urgency and importance to a process which has become defined by apathy and non-participation. It adds drama to media coverage. But this year, the claim holds water following the steady drip of 2020 post-election claims of fraud. It should be noted here that during the past two years, no one has produced one piece of evidence to support such claims. To the contrary, there have been countless audits and recounts to affirm the results. Case closed. Nonetheless, the eroded sanctity of our elections has continued the cascade of denier voices growing louder as we approach November, and therein lies the threat. Our former president has left a trail of destruction and lies like few world leaders ever have. His legacy is one of falsehoods which, if repeated often enough and loudly enough, have the potential of acceptance and even sound strategy. And there are more candidates embracing the strategy than we might like to think. Amy Gardner of the Washington Post ran the numbers and found that 299 Republican candidates for the House, Senate, and important state offices are election deniers. And that 174 of those are running in districts that are safely Republican. If Republicans win the House in November, election deniers will form a strong voting block that will affect the choice of the next speaker. Some are already complaining that House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, is too moderate. Many of those elected within statewide contests will oversee state elections. 
Had they been in office for the 2020 election results, our former president could be our current president, demagoguery and all. We can agree that in the modern election process, candidates of all persuasions misrepresent their opponents and their positions. Calling a Democrat socialist or a Republican right wing is far easier than effectively articulating one's own beliefs. But 2020 election deniers have moved the bar on deliberate lying. Deniers have chosen a completely verifiable truth and claimed that it is not true. There is no shading of the denial. There is no soft underbelly to their claims, which could be subject to interpretation. Deniers might just as well be saying that day is night or that two plus two equals five or that wrong is right. Saying it often enough just might convince enough others to follow the lie. Hitler knew the truth of this phenomenon and used it to the destruction of six million souls. At its core, the position of the deniers is one of political power at all costs, regardless of truth or the will of the majority. Our current president was elected by 7 million popular vote margin and a 74 electoral college vote cushion. Increasingly, those who support the denier position are becoming more vocal in their contention that this posture is not only okay, but morally right, because they say so. In the impeachment trial, was it the first or the second of the former president, then Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell instructed his caucus how to vote by telling them, quote, this is not about this president. It's not about anything he's been accused of doing. It has always been about November 3rd, 2020. It's about flipping the Senate, unquote. In this worldview, nothing matters but political power, not preservation of democracy, not the Constitution, not what is just, only the retention of power, even on the strength of an acknowledged lie. Despite the acknowledged dirtiness of political interaction, what U.S. citizens face today is a political climate change. We can hope that it goes away, as an acquaintance of mine suggested back in 2020 when I expressed dismay at the conduct of a new president. He suggested that I relax, that Trump's idiosyncrasies would eventually go away. They did not, and he did not. We can trust that others acting within the political spheres will certainly make sure that our democratic underpinnings remain secure. They have not, and they apparently will not. Or we can recognize, as painful as it may be, that we are a democracy in grave peril. I have quoted Booker T. Washington here before, but his words get right to the heart of the matter. A lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. Or as it turns out, even a misguided minority. I cannot count the number of times I have heard people say of late, who would have ever thought? <laughs>